VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Friends, uh, as we're going to embark upon our news roundup today, again, I'm reminded of the perilous times that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about, and the list that he gave, are, are it's like reading today's newspaper, all the things that we're seeing and the deception that is taking place in our world today, and uh, the immorality that is on the increase, and uh, certainly the the uplifting of man and uh, the the uh, uh, vilification of things pertaining to God, and certainly as this time of is going on, the deception that is taking place, I'm so reminded, as Paul told Timothy, I reminded him to hang on to those things that you've learned from your youth, and then he said that all Scripture, given by inspiration of God, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. You know, it's to bring us about to maturity, and and then included the uh, the admonition to preach the word. You know, to proclaim the word of God, because there's going to be a time when people are just have itching ears. You know, they wanted to be tickled. Uh, and and uh, have that deception continue even further. Well, friends, we are living in such times, and it behooves us to be understanding of the times in which we live and to hear that, uh, that clarion call to be ambassadors of the gospel of Jesus Christ in such times as which we live. Certainly, as we look at some of the news today, there's much troubling things, many troubling things going on, and should, again, uh, remind us of the importance of proclaiming the word. One of the issues that happened this week was the signing of the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. President Biden said, quote, today is a good day. Today, America takes its final step toward equality, toward liberty and justice, not just for some, but for everyone. Had the signing ceremony and uh, friends, uh, the, the, the celebrations that were taking place at the White House, the drag queens that were at the White House. Um, this is uh, such that had uh, an impact upon the uh, repealing of the Defense of Marriage Act that had been signed by uh, former President Bill Clinton. But uh, the Western Journal reporting that the White House became an LGBT symbol Tuesday night when it was lit with rainbow colors. After signing the Respect for Marriage Act, many criticized the spectacle of the White House turned into the symbol of an interest group. One Twitter user called the display the tyranny of the twisted. Another wrote, the world is laughing. Another poster wondered what the founding fathers would say, while another merely vented, now we've seen it all. LifeSiteNews.com also reporting has come to light that the 12 Republican senators who threw their support behind this so-called Respect for Marriage Act, that they were swayed by cash and political clout wielded by a group of prominent donors, several of whom identify as, quote, gay. The New York Times reported behind the scenes a group of influential Republican donors and operatives, including some of the party's most prominent gay leaders with long experience prodding their party to embrace LGBTQ rights, banded together with the bill's proponents in Congress for a coordinated $1.7 million campaign to persuade GOP senators that backing it would give them a political edge. Disgusting, ladies and gentlemen. And this next story is is uh, also very disgusting because Todd Starnes wrote that Amy Grant is going to be hosting a same-sex wedding. The famed Christian music artist. Well, she was a what was called a crossover artist. And folks, she continues to crossover. Shocked many when she announced that she is hosting a same-sex wedding. The singer-songwriter and the wife of Vince Gill made the controversial announcements to the Washington Post. In recent years, she has voiced support for the LGBT community, where she has had a large fan base for decades. Now she talks about her and Gil's plans to host her niece's wedding at their farm, which is her family's first bride and bride nuptials. Grant recalls her reaction when she learned her niece had come out, saying, quote, what a gift to our whole family to just widen the experience of our whole family. Amy Grant to host a same-sex wedding. 
CBN News is reporting that the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has blocked attempts by the Biden administration to force religious hospitals and doctors to perform gender transition surgeries. The December 9th ruling was reached based on the conclusion that the transgender mandate would infringe upon federal laws that preserve religious freedom. Beckett Law's Vice President and Senior Counsel Luke Goodrich applauded the decision, saying the federal government has no business forcing doctors to violate their consciences or perform controversial procedures that could permanently harm their patients. This is a common-sense ruling that protects patients, aligns with best medical practice, and ensures doctors can follow their Hippocratic oath to do no harm. Extra Magazine reporting last Wednesday, Ten trans attorneys from the National Trans Bar Association. Ever hear of such a thing? The National Trans Bar Association? They were admitted into the Supreme Court Bar, becoming the latest in a small group of openly trans lawyers to gain the ability to argue cases in front of the highest court in the U.S. In order for an attorney to be able to argue cases before the high court, they must be admitted to the SCOTUS bar, similar to how attorneys must be a member or have a sponsorship of a member of the State Bar Association wherever they practice law. There has never, according to the article here from Extra Magazine, there has never been an openly trans lead attorney on a SCOTUS case before. I wonder how long before that changes. New York Post is reporting Cambridge Dictionary being blasted by critics online for revising the definition of man and woman to include people who do not identify with their biological sex. Man is now including the definition an adult who lives and identifies as a male, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth, end of quote. It's the same vein the the updated definition of women reads, an adult who lives and identifies as female, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. Well, the changes were quickly derided on the Internet, with political commentator Stephen Crowder tweeting, quote, Remember, if you can control the language, you can control the population. IllinoisFamily.org reporting in a brazen act of anti-Christian disrespect and cultural appropriation, Edison Middle School in the formerly conservative town of Wheaton, Illinois, has chosen to mock a Christian symbol that celebrates the birth of Christ. The DuPage Policy Journal reported that the Edison is prominently displaying a full-size rainbow-colored gay pride Christmas tree during the Christmas season. Originally, the tree included handmade pink ornaments with the messages, Be Gay, Be Slay, and Gay Panic. The Daily Signal telling us that a school district that gave preschoolers a book on cross-dressing has changed its procedures for giving out books after news of the incident surfaced late last month. At first reported exclusively by The Lion and the Heartlander news sites, a four-year-old preschooler in the Turner School District in Kansas City, Kansas, took home the book, Jacob's New Dress. It's a picture book in which a little boy wears girls' clothes and even competes with his friend Emily to be a a princess. Clay reported that the Turner District had explained what happened and what changes would be made to prevent such a sexually provocative book from being tendered to young children there again. The district's statement to Clay and and apparently others says its early childhood program began accepting once-weekly donated books last year from local nonprofit Literacy KC. Such partnerships, the district said, helped it expand resources and community outreach. Moving forward, our district staff will be pre-approving all books and activities provided by Literacy KC to ensure that they are age-appropriate and aligned with their district curriculum and educational mission. Well, friends, here's a story of good news uh, coming from the Daily Caller News Foundation and WND.com. The Ohio Board of Education passed a resolution Tuesday that opposes the Biden administration Title IX revisions that protect students on the basis of gender identity. The the Ohio Board of Education voted 10 to 7 to approve a resolution that requires students compete in sports and use bathrooms, locker rooms, and restrooms on the basis of biological sex. What a novel idea. Looking at the Epoch Times, the U.S. Senate on December 15th passed a military spending bill that would be yesterday a top-line price to taxpayers of $858 billion. 
The defense package, dubbed the National Defense Authorization Act, passed the upper chamber by an 83-11 to 11 vote, passed the House on December 8th. One of the most noteworthy aspects of the package and an early victory for Republicans as they prepared to take the House next year was a repeal of uh, President Biden's controversial COVID-19 vaccine mandate for military service members. In an interview with NTD, Cesar Ibarra, Vice President of Policy at Freedom Works warned that this may not be the victory for Republicans that it seems to be. The legislation simply said that the Department of Defense is required to rescind the memo that authorizes a vaccine mandate on service members. However, it gives us no assurance that DOD will not do that again. And we've known from the COVID hysteria that these federal politicians always flip-flop on when or, or where we don't need these vaccine mandates. Before passing the bill, the Senate rejected an amendment proposed by Senator Ron Johnson and Ted Cruz that would have reinstated service members removed exclusively for refusing the vaccine, as well as compensation for any salary and benefits lost due to the separation. However, it failed with 40 senators supporting it, 54 opposing it. Opponents were concerned about the precedent of rewarding military personnel who defied an order. The bill also granted another $800 million in taxpayer funds to the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative as part of the U.S. effort to help Ukraine defend itself against an ongoing Russian invasion. The United States has already sent around $68 billion in humanitarian and military assistance to Ukraine in three major packages. The Center Square is reporting that if Congress were to rescind the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for U.S. military service members, uh, that uh, this still will not be enough to undo the damage that the mandate caused. This is an argument from Liberty Council. On December 14th, Liberty Council presented oral arguments at the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals on behalf of a lieutenant colonel of the U.S. Marines and a Navy commander of a warship. In January of 23, it's returning to court seeking to convert the class-wide preliminary injunction to a permanent injunction for the U.S. Marines. Congress repealing the mandate isn't enough to undo the damage caused to service members whose religious accommodation requests were denied, that's RARs, Liberty Council maintains that, uh, most importantly, repeating the mandate won't prevent the department, or repealing it, that is, will not prevent the Department of Defense from implementing a similar type of mandate in the future or address the problem of its widespread denial of RARs. They also said this violates the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and uh, so they're saying it's not the victory that it seems to be. Turning to another topic here today uh, from FoxNews.com, Russian President Vladimir Putin once again drew international attention when he warned that if even one missile enters Russian territory, hundreds of warheads will respond. I assure you, after the early warning system receives a signal of a missile attack, hundreds of our missiles are in the air, Putin said. He was at a summit a week ago in Kyrgyzstan. Russian news outlet RIA reported it's impossible to stop them. There will be nothing left of the enemy, he said, because it's impossible to intercept a hundred missiles. This, of course, is a deterrent, a serious deterrent. We're going to take a quick break here in Crosstalk. We're going to pick up with some additional news going on with Russia and Ukraine and other worldwide matters taking place as well, things from countries around the globe. So stay with us. We'll be back in just one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what was early man like? Chris, early man was, of course, Genesis man, Adam and his descendants. But evolutionists have a different idea. They claim that the animals gave rise to the humankind. But as near as we can tell, man has always been intelligent and advanced. In 1991, the frozen carcass of a man who died over 3,000 years ago was found in Austria. Evolutionists expected that people from that era were rather primitive. But this guy had a framed backpack, a copper axe, was carrying dried fruit and other foods, a fire starting kit, and a first aid kit. He had a bow made out of the best wood available. He was fully human. And that's the biblical view. 
Man was created in Genesis, descended from Adam and Noah, fully human from the start. And that's the Back to Genesis truth. For more information, visit our website at icr.org. It's a news roundup day here today on Crosstalk. As uh, Sandy has uh, compiled so many stories for us here today, we appreciate uh, her work on that. And uh, keeping you informed on many critical issues, Western Journal reporting that the U.S. poised to approve a sending a Patriot missile battery to Ukraine, finally agreeing to an urgent request from Ukrainian leaders desperate for more robust weapons to shoot down incoming Russian attacks. Ukrainian President uh, Vladimir Zelensky had pressed upon Western leaders as recently as Monday to provide more advanced weapons to help his country in its war with Russia. Providing Patriot surface-to-air missiles would advance the kinds of defense systems that the West is sending to help Ukraine repeal, uh, that it would be rather repel Russian aerial attacks and could mark an escalation. New York Post reporting that Vladimir Putin has reasserted his nuclear threat against the West by appearing to prepare for combat use, a massive nuclear missile that's capable of hitting both the U.S. and the U.K. Footage released Wednesday shows the installation of a massive Russian Yars rocket into a silo. This is the uh, uh, at a military compound in uh, southwest of Moscow. The ICBM has a range of some 7,500 miles, was installed in a silo launch pad using a special transport and loading unit, according to the Mirror. This missile complex has a capacity 12 times greater than the American bomb that destroyed Hiroshima, Russian newspaper had reported. AP News is reporting Russian's foreign ministry warned Thursday that if the U.S. delivers sophisticated air defense systems to Ukraine, those systems and any crews that accompany them would be a legitimate target for the Russian military, a blunt threat that was quickly rejected by Washington. The exchange of statements reflected soaring Russian-U.S. tensions amid the fighting in Ukraine, which is now in its 10th month. Bloomberg is reporting that Russian missiles barrage knocks out uh, power to Ukrainian cities. A salvo of more than 76 uh, Well, at least 76 Russian missiles knocked out power and water across Ukraine as President Putin's uh, forces continued their campaign of attacking the infrastructure. The Hill reporting that the White House last Friday warned Russia and Iran uh, that they are laying the groundwork for joint weapons production, citing U.S. intelligence surrounding Moscow and Tehran's deepening military ties. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby said uh, that Moscow and Tehran are considering the establishment of a joint production line for lethal drones in Russia. Unnamed Western officials have reportedly observed that Russia has depleted its drone stockpiles. Not only issues going on between Russia and Ukraine, we're heading over to Brazil now. Newsmax reporting that Brazil's federal police yesterday began serving dozens of search warrants targeting supporters of President Bolsonaro for blocking highways after his election loss. The operation was ordered by Supreme Court Justice Alexander de Moraes, who also presides over the nation's electoral authority, responsible for the investigations into Bolsonaro's supporters regarding allegedly anti-democratic acts and the spread of fake news on social media regarding the election. Doesn't that sound familiar? Reuters is reporting that Peru announced a nationwide state of emergency on Wednesday, granting police special powers and limiting freedoms, including the right to assembly. After a week of fiery protests that have left at least eight dead, protests were sparked by the ousting of a former president, Pedro Castillo, on December 7th in an impeachment vote. A leftist elected in 2021 was arrested after illegally trying to dissolve the Congress. It's the latest in a series of political crises that they've had uh, faced in recent years. His former vice president was sworn into office after his removal, and her presidency has divided other Latin American leaders. Folks, there is chaos taking place in nations around the world. AP News reporting that the U.S. military formally launched a Space Force unit in South Korea Wednesday, its first such facility on foreign territory that will likely enable Washington to better monitor its rivals in North Korea, China, and Russia, they report. 
The U.S. Space Forces Korea is a subordinate of a bigger U.S. Space Force unit established within the Indo-Pacific Command in Hawaii last month. Washington Examiner, interesting story here. Benjamin Netanyahu has served as Prime Minister of Israel for more time than anyone else in the country's history. But as he prepares to return to office, he's setting another ambitious goal, a peace agreement with Saudi Arabia. That would, he told the Washington Examiner in an exclusive interview, effectively end the Arab-Israeli conflict. Quote, and I believe we can get peace with other countries as well if we do that, Netanyahu said, adding that a formal peace with the Saudis would expand the circle of peace beyond our wildest dreams. During Netanyahu's previous term in office, the Trump administration helped broker what became known as the Abraham Accords, a series of peace and normalization agreements between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco, and Sudan. But a peace agreement between Israel and, um, that would be Jerusalem, and, and Riyadh would likely put the last nail in the coffin, the report of the Arab world's non-recognition of Israel and solidify the newly emerging alliance. As Netanyahu sees it, the ball is in Riyadh's court and up to the Saudis. Washington Examiner reporting that House Democrats passed a bill that would let Puerto Rico decide its future political status with the United States in a vote presided over by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The bill would allow Puerto Rico to vote on whether to remain in a a freely associated territory, declare sovereignty, or become the country's 51st state. WND.com, an interesting story. Joe Biden has bragged repeatedly in recent days about swapping the merchant of death, Russian arms dealer Victor Bout, who has killed untold numbers for an American lesbian basketball player who broke Russia's drug laws and was sentenced to prison there. Now President Trump has confirmed that he refused to give up the criminal Russian when it was proposed that he be exchanged for another American, the U.S. Marine, Paul Whelan. The Epoch Times reports that Trump wrote on his Truth Social platform this weekend, or that would be last weekend, I turned down a a deal with Russia for a one-on-one swap of the so-called merchant of death for Paul Wieland. I wouldn't have made that deal for a hundred people in exchange for someone that has killed untold numbers of people with his arms deals. The report explained that Bout was given a 25 years in prison in 2012 for conspiring to sell millions of dollars worth of weapons to a Colombian terrorist group that was committed to killing Americans. Biden set him free in exchange for WNBA player Brittany Griner, who pleaded guilty to violating Russia's drug laws and was sentenced to prison. Daily Caller reporting a federal judge in Texas has blocked the Biden administration from scrapping the Trump-era remain-in-Mexico policy yesterday. U.S. District Judge Matthew Kaczmarek uh, issued a pause on the Biden administration's decision to end the program, adding to the judge's order. According to that order, the policy forces certain illegal immigrants to return to Mexico as they await court proceedings. Now, I've got a number of stories here dealing with this immigration matter and what's going on at the southern border. Uh, From townhall.com, border agents working the Rio Grande Valley sector, the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas, made the third largest seizure of methamphetamine this week when they flagged a tractor trailer for secondary screening. What agents found as part of their process was more than 1,400 bottles that appeared to contain Clorox but were actually filled with liquid methamphetamine, uh, totaling more than 3,000 pounds of contraband. According to release from Customs and Border Protection, the the, uh, disguised meth shipment has a street value of more than $100 million. Breitbart reporting that the El Paso sector Border Patrol agents encountered nearly 7,400 migrants who crossed the border from Mexico, mostly to the city of El Paso over the weekend. Border Patrol officials called it a major surge in an already overwhelmed sector of the border. Center Square is reporting while record numbers of foreign nationals continue to enter the U.S. through the southern border every month, one of the tiniest states by geography and population is being impacted by the surge, and that's the state of Vermont. Mexican cartels are now increasingly flying foreign nationals who arrive in Mexico from all over the world to Quebec from Mexico City. Border Patrol and law enforcement officers told the Center Square cartel scouts helped them make their way from Canada into northern states illegally, they said. 
Vermont, which is seeing record-breaking illegal entries, has a population uh, as a state of like 645,545 people. But they are now being targeted here for illegal entry. That is, people illegally entering into their state. Newsmax is reporting some immigration and custom enforcement officials say they're being told to cut back on arrest, so there are detention beds available for migrants detained at the southern border. Cut back on your arrest. They're breaking the law. The directive reportedly was not issued nationwide, but was given to agents in some ICE field offices, according to the Washington Times. We are being told to abandon detention of anyone without a Class A felony like murder and preparation for border flights, uh, one East Coast ICE officer told the Times. The East Coast ICE officer said that the field offices likely made the decision to reduce arrest themselves after being told to make space for border cases to ensure that they had room for plane loads. They told the field not to make any arrest unless it is an extreme severity charge. Washington Examiner reporting that Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas was confronted by at least one Border Patrol agent during his visit to El Paso this week after his response to the millions of illegal immigration attempts at the U.S.-Mexico border since President Biden took office, according to three government officials. Mayorkas traveled to West Texas on Monday and Tuesday to meet with U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Border Patrol, Air and Marine Operations, and Office of Field Operations Personnel. He focused his comments on smaller groups of management and rank-and-file agents and officers on suicide prevention, while those familiar with the discussions said fell on deaf ears. When he started, stated that he was there to bring light to suicide prevention and nothing about the migrant crisis, our staff couldn't believe it. They made it known to him. They asked him why he's saying that the border is secure when we have no agents in the field. The same agent said he had the nerve to respond that he never said that the border was secure. I wish you could see into our eyes, the agent's eyes. They're lifeless, the person said. Isn't it amazing to go there to see the mayhem of of what's taking place at the border? And he's going there to talk about uh, preventing suicide of of, uh, Border Patrol officers? No wonder why they're talking about impeachment once the changeover takes place in D.C. Townhall.com reporting that Governor Newsom is warning that California uh, is a state that could break. It could break among President Biden's decision to reverse Title 42 that allows police and border officers to expedite the expulsion of illegal immigrants. The California governor claimed that the U.S. government is sending hundreds of illegal immigrants to the state because it is taking care of folks. Adding, the more we do, the burden is, is placed disproportionately on us. Well, keep in mind, Governor, you're the one who's been boasting about your being a sanctuary state and all are welcome. And so uh, I guess the uh, president's just complying. <laughs> but uh, truly troubling, folks, he's saying our state's going to break. A group of Republicans is seeking information from the Department of Health and Human Services, reports the Epic Times over allegations that the department knowingly places some unaccompanied illegal immigrant minors in the hands of criminals, according to a letter released on Tuesday. We write concerning the alarming report by a federal employee whistleblower that the HHS is knowingly transferring unaccompanied migrant children in the custody of criminals, including sex traffickers. Five GOP lawmakers wrote in a December 5th joint letter to uh, Secretary Becerra. The group cited testimony that the, the government failed to settle minors who were caught while crossing the U.S. borders into homes of safe, non-criminal sponsors. If these claims are true, this is pure evil being committed by your agency, they wrote. We'll have more stories after the break. This is Crosstalk. There is a significant uptick in the intensity of the issues bombarding us. It's not a single battle being waged, but an all-out war on numerous fronts. The attack on biblical values, the demonizing of Christianity, escalating lawlessness, the emerging secular agenda, and the growing control of the populace are all unfolding. These assaults share the common thread of globalism. Globalism by the powerful elite in order to have supremacy over the people, their land, government, commerce, energy, and even religion. 
In the book, Globalism, The Great World Consumption, author Richard Smith tackles these matters head on by not only looking at the perilous times in which we live, but to see how this lust for control is propelling us toward a one world political system and both a one world economic and religious system. The book Globalism is available from VCY for a donation of $16 or more when you call 1-800-729-9829. The program is called Crosstalk. It comes your way each weekday afternoon here on the VCY American Network. We thank you for tuning in, being a part of the program, and uh, folks, uh, troubling times in which we live. And as I said at the outset of the program, all the more importance why we need to take that uh, the directive from Scripture to heart and seriously about being ambassadors for Christ and advancing the gospel uh, in such times in which we live. We are fast becoming like the days of Noah, are we not? And uh, certainly the importance of of sharing the gospel, the good news, is so important in such times. And uh, not only sharing the gospel, but uh, praying for our nation, the world conditions, and that people will indeed come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Taking a look here at a few more stories before we get to phone lines today, uh, from USA Today. More than 82,000 Ukrainians and their immediate family members have been paroled into the United States under the U4U program. Have you heard of that? It's called United for Ukraine. It's the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services uh, reporting about the U4U. The program allows Ukrainians to stay in the U.S. for two years. Newsmax.com work crews have steadily erected hundreds of double-stacking shipping containers topped by razor wire along Arizona's remote eastern boundary with Mexico in a bold show of border enforcement by Republican Governor Doug Ducey even as he prepares to leave office. Democratic Governor-elect Katie Hobbs said that uh, last week she was looking at all the options and has not decided what to do about the containers after her January 5th inauguration. National Review reporting that the U.S. Justice Department has filed a lawsuit Wednesday of this week against Arizona and the governor there. They state uh, that the uh, makeshift wall is illegal, that it's dangerous, and interferes with federal duties, and has asked a judge to order the removal of the containers from U.S. land. Just the News is reporting that more than 25,000 ballots were added to Maricopa County's Vote total following Election Day, Arizona 2022, GOP gubernatorial nominee Carrie Lake alleges in her lawsuit against Governor-elect and Secretary of State Katie Hobbs. Lake filed her lawsuit against Hobbs, Maricopa County recorder Stephen uh, Richer, and uh, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and Maricopa County Director of Elections Scott Jarrett last Friday, alleging that the number of illegal votes cast in Arizona's general election far exceeds the margin between Lake and Hobbs. In her legal filing, Lake alleges that witness testimony and other evidence shows hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots infected the the election in Maricopa County and that thousands of Republican voters were disenfranchised as a result of Maricopa County election officials' misconduct in connection with the widespread tabulator or printer failures at 59% of the 223 vote centers in the county. The complaint further alleges a chain of custody failures, including more than 25,000 additional ballots being, quote, found by Maricopa County two days after Election Day. Epic Times is reporting that Katie Hobbs' lawyer has moved to dismiss Carrie Lake's lawsuit, and uh, the uh, gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake and the Secretary of State candidate Mark Fincham, Fincham rather, respectively argued that they won during the November 8th midterm election and have asked judges to overturn the results. They both claim that the problems that occurred at polling locations in Maricopa County on Election Day marred the outcome and disenfranchised voters. The secretary does believe that the court will be able to dispose of this case in its entirety on a motion to dismiss without the need for an evidentiary hearing, Hobbs lawyer Andy uh, Gaona said to um, a Maricopa County Superior Court judge. uh, That was a hearing before, uh, let's see, Judge Peter Thompson. 
Uh, we had uh, three whistleblowers from Maricopa County reach out and say that the system is seriously flawed. Lake alleged to Just the News Monday they were throwing out tens of thousands of signatures, saying they were scribbles that in no way matched. But somewhere between there and the ballots were being completely tossed out. They got looped back into the system and counted as if they were fine, she stated. LifeSiteNews.com is reporting that uh, Dr. Fauci wants to give you more COVID boosters for Christmas because we're still in a pandemic. He told viewers of MSNBC's Morning Joe on Tuesday that we're still in the middle of a pandemic. I thought President Biden declared we were over the pandemic. What's interesting is that he said we are in the third year of the so-called pandemic. That's a bit strange considering it didn't start until March of 2020, which is hardly three years ago. He lamented that only 13% of those eligible have taken the updated booster. He did explain the timing of how and when you should get boosted, saying, quote, if you have been infected with COVID, you wait three months minimum to get a booster. If you've had a booster in the past but not the updated one, you wait at least two months before you get the next shot. That's easy. If in any case, he went on to say that before you spend time with family, you should get tested so that you know that you are negative. The uh, Epic Times reporting that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration on Tuesday announced that a COVID-19 test manufacturer issuing a recall due to false test results. The COVID-19 tests were made by Detect Incorporated and were sent to customers between July 26 and August 26 of this year. According to the recall notice, it impacts about 11,000 tests that were given an FDA emergency use authorization made by the firm. Let's see. Let's get to a uh, another issue here today. Uh, attorneys, this is uh, coming to us from LifeSiteNews.com. Attorneys with the pro-life legal nonprofit Thomas Morris Society have delivered a victory for pro-life investigative journalist David Delayden in his ongoing battle with the University of Washington, reaching a settlement that will shed even more light on the university's ongoing sale of and experimentation on fetal tissue derived from abortions. Under the settlement, UW agreed to hand over significant documents pertaining to its acquisition and sale of human body parts from aborted babies with unredacted job titles and subsequent research and to agreements with Planned Parenthood or other abortion providers as well as communications and manuals pertaining to related policies, reports, uh, research, financial records, contracts, and grant applications. UW will also pay Thomas Moore $30,000 in legal fees. A good news story from LifeSiteNews.com. A county in New Mexico has become the first to establish itself as a sanctuary county for the unborn, joining over 60 cities in passing the ordinance. An ordinance requiring compliance with federal abortion laws passed by a 5-0 vote at the December 8th meeting. Lee County borders Texas and pro-abortion activists see New Mexico as a safe haven for women in states like Texas that have restrictions on abortion. But the ordinance requires the county to comply with federal law against the distribution of abortion drugs, such as RU486 through the mail. Uh, But uh, we understand this is the first county. Uh, Just last month, city council members in Hobbs uh, passed a similar ordinance, but this would be the first county to pass such a piece of legislation. Daily Signal is reporting that the Justice Department has been targeting pro-life activists through the Freedom of Access to Clinics uh, Entrances Act, or the FACE Act, as a response to the overturn of Roe v. Wade, according to Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta. Gupta delivered remarks at the Justice Department Civil Rights Division's 65th anniversary uh, earlier this month. The Associate Attorney General described the overturn of Roe v. Wade as a, quote, devastating blow to women throughout the country that took away the constitutional right to abortion and increased the urgency of the DOJ's work, including the enforcement of the FACE Act to ensure continued lawful access access to reproductive services. Okay, admitting that they're targeting pro-lifers with the FACE Act in response to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Friends, I'd like to open our phone lines here today on Crosstalk. If you'd like to comment on these or other current event stories, our telephone number today, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Though we have shared a vast majority of the program, there are so many other news stories of matters that are going on. And if you want to bring one to the forefront here today or your comment on one of these that have been shared, our number 800 733 
888-379-9829. We understand that abortions in Texas have fallen 97% after the Supreme Court overturned Roe, reports the Texan. Abortions fell 97%, and according to new data from the Texas Health and Human Services, an induced termination of pregnancy, just 68 abortions were performed in July, down from 2,596 in June. An average of 2,854 abortions were performed each month in the first half of 2022. Well, I praise the Lord for the decrease that's taking place, but still very concerned about the 68 abortions that were performed during the month of July. And LifeNews.com is reporting a coalition of nearly 50 pro-life groups spearheaded by Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America sent a letter to the U.S. House and Senate urging lawmakers to stop Joe Biden from turning VA hospitals into abortion clinics. The groups, including LifeNews.com, expressed a concern that a $71 million increase in taxpayer funding to the Office of Women's Health at the Department of Veterans Affairs will be used illegally to fund abortion. Let's go to the phone lines here today on Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Let's uh, start off in Mora, Minnesota. Rex, thanks for calling Crosstalk here on the air. Jim, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I just uh, listening to Brandon House and talking about communism and, uh, and uh, everything. Everything about communism is satanic, and it seems everything about this administration is satanic and they're embracing it and it's just like man oh man i i know a couple years ago i bought the one-year bible and i've been reading that and i've been expanding my prayer time um and the bible it says to pray without ceasing and i'm just working my way towards that that's that's a goal just to pray without ceasing for this country that is Man, just taken over by evil. It, it is, and there is a tidal wave of evil, and uh, we see that taking place. And we're warned that that would be happening uh, in the last days. But uh, thank you for being an advocate here of, of being in the Word uh, of God, spending time in prayer for this nation, and doing whatever you can to advance the message of salvation to others. God bless you, Jim, and everything you do. Thank you for calling. And by the way, friends, uh, just a week ago, we launched the uh, one-year Bible reading campaign for 2023, and uh, we have sent out uh, now over 500 Bibles uh, to uh, the one-year Bible of people saying, yes, count me in, I want to uh, be among those reading through Scripture. You know, we were told that we, we want to uh, do what God wants us to do, and how will we know unless we read the instruction book? <laughs> it's so important that we do read His Word, and this is a handy means in order to uh, have you read through the Word of God, the one-year Bible. It's a King James Version, and uh, we are making that available through Crosstalk, our way of saying thank you for your gift of $15 or more. If you want want to buy it retail, it's it's far higher than that, plus shipping. But this will include shipping to you, and it's available. You can go to BibleReadingChallenge.org to learn more about it, as well as uh, the daily email sign-up, BibleReadingChallenge.org. Uh, or you may call and uh, obtain the one-year Bible by calling our switchboard at one 800 729 9829. But uh, so critical to be in the Word of God and to be students of the Word of God as well. Well, friends, uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, so I don't have to interrupt the next caller here. Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800 733 9829. That's 1 800 733 9829. It's a news roundup day here today on Crosstalk. We'll be back in just a minute. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Jesus in Luke 21 said, Look up, your redemption draweth nigh when you see these things happening. In other words, he said, Hey, you want to know what my second coming will look like? What will be going on before I arrive? Well, here's some of them, he says. 
Well, are we seeing some of these things happen? Wars, rumors of wars, plagues, pestilence? Yep. The Pentagon gives Ukraine the green light for drone strikes inside Russia. That's a headline today. And we'll be even providing some of the weaponry. You think they're pushing us toward World War III, the increasing of war? Now we have a pandemic simulation, once again, reported by the same players that were involved in the pandemic simulations in 2019 before the coronavirus in 2020. Now they're preparing for one that will kill upwards of a billion people, including children. They ran this in October of 2022. They're saying it's coming in 2025. I could go on and on. Plagues, pandemics, and other things the Bible predicted. Look up. And we're hearing from you today on Crosstalk at 800-733-9829. Let's go right back to the phone lines to Monroe, Wisconsin. Mark, good afternoon. You're on the air. Yeah, I'm just going to give you a little play on words here uh, with Joe Biden. Um, He jumped through the hoops to release the master of death um, uh, in Russia in exchange for the uh, female basketball player. But uh, he sat on the bench uh, for our military um, hero. So that that's my uh, little uh, comment. Thank you for your thoughts, sir, Mark. Frank is next in Pleasant City, uh, Ohio. You're on the air. Hey, um, yes, sir. Um, first of all, I want to tell you I, I love your love your show. Thanks it was up listening. to me to be the only one on the radio station. Um, you know, the listeners I believe that need to understand is there's a word in the Bible, and Jesus talks about must. All this must happen. The only thing we can do as the body of Christ is we have to be ready. Our lanterns have to be full. It, there's too many people out there trying to fix it. It's it's not going to be fixed. It's, this has to come if Jesus is coming back. And I think in this country we're just too far along. The world's just lost their way. And, and this stuff's going to happen. And, and my advice to brothers and sisters throughout the world is just be ready. Be ready, because it, it must happen. And I believe the Word of God, and if and if Jesus says that this must happen, then it's it's going to happen. I, I You know, I agree with you here, Frank. It is going to happen. We just don't know the timing of that must. And I, and I say that because uh, if you remember, you know, Jonah, as he went through Nineveh, 40 days, and Nineveh is going to be destroyed. But you remember what the people did? They repented, and they turned from their sin. And so God withheld judgment at that time. And uh, we saw judgment come later to Nineveh because they went back into rebellion once again. But uh, we we don't know what that time is. So, uh, you know, I I totally agree. Our lamps have got to be filled, and uh, the Lord is is, uh, coming back. But we, we are also charged just to be faithful until he does return. Do, do you, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that when Jesus is saying that this must happen and he mm-hmm. talks about his people, my people turning back to me, it's it's not all people. Right. It's, it's his mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. It's the Christian people, the saved people, the people that believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just had this conversation with my sister the other day, and I love her. I love her to death. But her definition of being saved is so far off because the world and preachers and teachers from the pulpit have taught this for a lot of years in this very country. I talked to a girl that was just came over here from Egypt and said, well, I don't understand your country because everybody in your country thinks they're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, it's not we've, the case. we've been taught that. Yeah. Well, and, and that saddens me, and yeah. and, and well, I, I I agree, and I hope and I pray that that that's where we're at. But I just firmly believe that my lantern will be full. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I promise you that. Amen. I, I I'm so glad to hear that. And and Scripture does tell us that the the way mm-hmm. is very broad that leads to destruction. There are many that find it, but the way to to to, to Christ is a narrow way, and few there be that find it. And, uh, yeah, there's a false conception that many, oh, yes, I'm a Christian, but uh, they have no idea. They're, one day you're going to hear, uh, depart me, I never knew you. Yeah, my, my, my pastor has a comment all the time, and I think this is important. I always say, um, I agree with it 100%. He said, with sudden death comes sudden glory if your lantern's full. Hmm. 
God bless you, Frank. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the call. We've got uh, Wanda calling from Finley, Ohio. You're on the air, Wanda. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I thank God for this uh, broadcast. Um, I'm a teacher. I'm a grandmother, and I am thoroughly convinced of everything that uh, is being said in this program is 99.999% correct. We are in a debacle, and um, the Bible is the truth, the only truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, I'm not part of uh, what's going on in the schools anymore. I can't stand it. They need people to come back and teach, and they're wanting to pay a lot more, but I I can't be a part of it. I'm 72, and (laughs) if anyone... I just thank God for your program. Thank you. God bless thank you, you for everything. And I'm in the I'm I'm a constitutionalist, hmm. and also I I I know that the John Birch Society has been fighting this, and that's why they hate the John Birch Society. Hmm. And I say I say not only does it stand for John Birch, it stands for Jesus, believers, and salvation. Thank you, Wanda, for your call here today and uh, for your passion as well. And uh, certainly the uh, uh, person is a believer in Christ who admits that he is a sinner, that uh, his sin separates him from a holy, righteous God, but that Jesus Christ came to this earth. I mean, as we celebrate here at Christmas time, came as a babe, but that uh, he came, the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ died for our sins, as the Scriptures have said, he uh, shed his blood. He was buried. Uh, he died. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And the message of the gospel needs to continue to advance. Uh, we're going to pick up uh, one more call. This is Merle in Tennessee. Hi, Merle. You're on the air. Thank you, Jim. Every world war has rearranged the chess pieces. And I believe they're trying to push us into World War Three hmm. to rearrange the uh, power structure of the countries. God is not mocked. There was a time we could feel safe in America. I don't believe we can anymore because God is not mocked. Yeah. And I'll end with this. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. we all know it. The question is, do we love our sin more than we love our country? Do we love our sin more than we love the Savior? Exactly. Yeah. Both. Because if we, he says what it will do. If we turn and repent, he'll heal the land. Hmm. But if we love our sin more, we know it. It will not. It won't happen. There's always a. There's always an opposite. You know, to the ifs. Yeah. There's always an opposite yeah. to that. Amen. Thank you, Jim. God bless you, Merle. Thank you for your call here today. And uh, friends, we thank you for stopping by daily and listening to the programs, the guests, the topics that are coming forth. Indeed, these are troublesome times. And uh, as the caller said earlier, yeah, let's make sure that the lamp lamp is filled with oil. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back and. Let's be faithful until he does return to be salt, let's be light, let's be ambassadors of the good news of the gospel. With our time being gone this week, it's a reminder that the Lord's Day is coming up, and I trust that you'll be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church. God bless you. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.